3: and then you would agree with me that from 902 to 906 your phone finally comes to life and starts showing a lot of steps
2: i do agree with that what were you doing i was getting ready to go to my mom's house
3: getting ready to go i thought you took a shower already you were just laying down on the couch what, what all you need to do to get ready to go to your mom's house
2: i mean there wasn't anything to get ready in in that aspect it wasn't but anything to get ready, but i was, was getting it? ready to go i was preparing to leave D- doing what I don't know if I got up, went to the bathroom. I don't know. I can't tell you exactly what I was doing.
3: That's far more steps in a shorter time period than than any time prior, as you've seen from the testimony in this case. So what what were you so busy doing? Going to the
2: bathroom? No, I I don't I don't think that I get on a treadmill. No, I didn't get on a treadmill.
3: Jog in place?
2: No, I didn't jog in place. No, sir, I did not do jumping jacks.
3: What were you doing, Mr. Murdoch, for those four months?
2: Preparing to leave for my mom's house.
3: What? What does that mean?
2: I mean, you're in the front room
3: on that couch where you say you laid down. The Suburban's just right outside. What all are you doing?
2: I don't know if I got up and went to my room, went to the gun room, went doing back the, in that.
3: Doing what? You've been so clear in your new story about everything. What What were you doing during these four
2: minutes? I, I disagree with your assertion about every detail. I don't recall. I know that I was getting up and I was leaving. I was going to check on my mom. but specifically what I was doing, I don't I, I don't know. Okay. I know what I wasn't doing, Mr. Waters, and what I wasn't doing is doing anything uh, as I believe you've implied that I was cleaning off or washing off or washing off guns, or putting guns in a raincoat, and I can promise you that I wasn't doing any of that. Okay. Also, during
3: this four minutes where you've got 283 steps, not only are you moving around a lot, but you're making a ton of phone calls because that in that same time period, you see this red line right here where over that four-minute period all those steps were taken? That's also when you're calling, making all these phone calls, isn't it, Mr. Murdoch?
2: Well, I made the so phone calls. To place and making phone calls is that what you're Be allowed to answer before Mr. Waters steps on him again with another question. Please, thank you.
0: All right. You were
3: making all these phone calls while you were taking all these steps. Would you concede that, where you don't remember what you were doing?
2: Well, I was making phone calls and that's shown here. At 9.05, I called my dad. You know, I, I don't know that I was taking steps like you're saying I'm taking steps. I heard the same testimony you heard, Mr. Waters, and, you know, steps can be recorded uh, any number of ways. I, I don't have a specific recollection of walking around. I don't know if I was hitting my phone like the guy showed or doing whatever that makes steps, but you know, so you were hitting what, your phone like that while you were making all these phone calls. Hang on, no, sir. What I'm saying, Mr. is I don't know that. I'm, I'm just giving you an example. You're saying that I'm running around taking these steps, and while I'm doing that, I'm making telephone calls. What I will agree with is that this data shows that. There was 283 steps recorded on my phone. Mm -hmm. And sometime during that period, I made certain phone calls. Okay. All
3: right. So not only for whatever it is, is recording steps, but you're also making a ton of phone calls, including missed calls to Maggie, who is 1,100 feet away, supposedly.
2: You're using the term a ton of phone calls. What I agree is that I I made the phone calls that are listed on these call data records, Mm -hmm. which, you know, are very normal phone calls for me. Mm
4: Hey lovely listeners and welcome back to Crime Analyst, your go-to true crime podcast for expert analysis and deconstruction of cases. Now I'm diving straight back in where I left off in the timeline of events the night of June 7th and the usual health warning applies. Listener discretion is advised. So after Special Agent Peter Rodovsky revealed Murdoch's 283 steps in the four minute window between 9.02 pm and 18 seconds and 9.06 pm and 47 seconds, as soon as Murdoch's phone comes to life, Creighton Waters responded with, He was a busy guy right then, was he? He certainly was when compared with his steps throughout the rest of that night. And the clip that you just heard at the top of the episode, well, that was Murdoch being questioned about those steps by Creighton Waters. Creighton Waters said, What were you so busy doing? Going to the bathroom? Got on the treadmill? Jog in place? Doing jumping jacks? What were you doing, Mr Murdoch, in those four minutes? I mean, bloody brilliant. God bless Creighton Waters. The data is very damning in my opinion and I believe that the jury felt that way too and it was probably cemented in their minds when they did a crime scene visit to Moselle. A picture and a narrative, a long narrative like Murdoch's, paints a thousand words but as I always say, going to the scene paints a million. And of course when being cross-examined here, Murdoch true to form just cannot give a clear straightforward answer. He can to some of the easier questions, but not to this. And of course, we have to factor in that he's had time to think and the benefit of being in the courtroom, listening to all the trial and all the experts, and so he's had time to decide on the version of events he wants to go with. What was even more damning for me, and the jurors, no doubt, was the fact that he was at the crime scene just minutes before Maggie and Paul were shot, and he repeatedly lied about being there. So for me, I can see with my own eyes and hear with my own ears that Murdoch can lie convincingly. He's well-practiced, and he's an accomplished liar. He has no problem looking at the person right in the eyes and saying things with confidence so it might sound plausible. And that's why, for me, it was really important to deconstruct his interviews with law enforcement and analyze how he lies and how he explains his lies. Okay, with all that having been said, let's get back to Agent Radovsky's testimony at the trial.
3: We have a map here on Paul's phone. Tell me very quickly what that represents.
5: We do. This is going to be based off of Verizon records for Paul Murdoch, and it's showing uh, 903 and 903 30. Just showing um, what cell towers it was painting off of.
3: Again, is his phone still locked during this time?
5: That is correct. Paul and Maggie's phones are still locked this time.
3: Bottom of page 20,
5: we got a pink box. What does that reflect? That's from the FBI telemetry data, just showing a system startup, with the telemetry system. On which vehicle? Meet, uh, Alex Murdoch's 2021 Suburban.
3: Is there a CDR reference to Marianne Dempsey attempting to call, Paul? There is. Marianne Dempsey, again, is who? Uh, Rogan Gibson's girlfriend at the time. We have two entries after that. Uh, can you explain those entries to the jury and uh, tell the jury what those are, please? So at 903.52...
5: So 904.23, uh, Maggie Murdaugh's iPhone backlight is on. At 904.23, um, Alex Murdaugh calls Maggie Murdaugh, shows 18 seconds in his CDRs. This does not show on that Dylan Hightower first extraction or the second extraction. And it also shows missed on Maggie's phone extraction.
3: That one's missing from Alex's phone, correct? That is correct, in the call log it is missing. At 9.05.15, is there any activity on Alex's phone? It
5: shows that Alex Murdaugh calls Randolph Murdaugh, 18 seconds. Uh, does not show on Dylan Hightower extraction or the, the second extraction, just on the CDRs. We have a pinkish box. What does that represent? Pinkish box can represent that uh, system startup for the telemetry data for the 21 Suburban.
3: At 9.06.12, what happens?
5: Between 906.12 and 906.20, uh, Maggie Murdoch's phone implements uh, orient change, uh, orientation change from portrait to, um, to uh, orientation sideways.
3: Nine, that starts at 906.12? Yes, and it goes to 906.20. The orientation starts to change. What happens two seconds after
5: that orientation starts to change? At 906.14, so that's two seconds afterwards, um, the phone receives an incoming call from
3: Alex. Was that call on the call log when Dylan Hightower downloaded the defendant's phone?
5: It was not. <laughs> nine oh six fourteen and nine oh six
3: fifteen. Those referencing that missed call from that showed up on Maggie's phone?
5: That is correct.
3: And 90620, we're still seeing an orientation change.
5: Yep, that's when the orientation ended.
3: <laughs> Moving down to the bottom of page 21, we have a blue, bluish and a green box. Tell the jury what that is.
5: So um, According to the FBI telemetry data, the blue is going to indicate a, uh, a, a shift in the transmission, and then green is going to show um, driving.
3: The suburban's underway. Uh,
5: that is correct, according to the telemetry data.
3: At the bottom of page 21, is there another call from Alec Murdoch's phone to Maggie's phone?
5: There is at 9:06:52. Alec Alex calls Maggie. It shows uh, seven seconds long. And that's based off his of CDRs since it was uh, deleted off the call history.
3: It wasn't on Alex's extraction, correct? It was not. Two missed calls? Two missed calls. Moving to page 22 at the top. What, if anything, is Alex Murdoch's phone showing in relation to the suburban?
5: So it's just showing that um, it, you know the device connected to the car, when you get in your car, it will. Your phone will pair. It's just showing a, a device connection to
3: iPhone. And then the next entry, there's a time range there. Explain that time range to the jury and what that means.
5: So starting at 9:07 and going till 9:44. Uh, 9 what? Sorry, 9:31:44. Her backlight is off.
3: Her backlight is off. Mm-hmm.
5: That entire time period. That entire time period. It was on, but now it from for this time period from nine oh seven to nine thirty-one, it's gonna show off.
3: Going to this map, is that some of the cast data that you did that you've testified to the jury? It is this is a previous
5: slide that we had up. It's showing at nine oh seven oh six. Um the suburban is leaving forty-one forty-seven
3: Moselle Road. Two calls to Maggie. Does the suburban Just take a quick right and go down this road right there to the kennels, or does it just continue straight on?
5: It just continues straight on.
3: Doesn't stop by the kennels for a second, does it? Does it stop by the kennels?
5: His vehicle does not stop by the kennels. It's right on going. It's right on going to Moselle Road, makes a right. Going
3: down to the bottom of page... 22.
5: It's just another data point. It's showing the uh, approximate location of Maggie Murdoch's phone when it was located, and at 9:0. 90, it's 9:08:36. It's showing 42 miles an hour on Moselle Road. And in reference, we're coming up to Godley Farm Road on Moselle Road.
3: This is at 9:08:36 and then we have, below that, we have a reference to a data point that you previously showed to the jury at 908.42. Yep, it's gonna be on the next page.
5: All right. It's gonna be at 908.42, and it's showing approximate miles per hour 45 in reference to where the phone was found the next day.
3: And what's the speed on the defendant's vehicle at that point? Uh, 45 miles an hour. And is Maggie's backlight off during this time period, this entire time period?
5: Her phone is locked. The backlight is off. At 908-58... What do we see? Alex Murdoch sends a iMessage to Maggie stating, going to check on M, be right back. This shows unread in
3: Maggie's phone. Moving on, does Alex's phone reflect a series of calls being made? It does. Tell me about the first one.
5: First one's gonna be at 9-10-47. Alex calls Buster. It shows 60 seconds long. That's based off a of CDR since it's not in his phone extractions.
3: And that's again also missing from that entire series of, of events around the time of the murders. That was not on Alex's extraction when it was downloaded. That is correct. It's not in the call log. I'll move on. Then asked and answered. Down at nine, twelve, fourteen. What if any activity is reflected on the defendant's phone?
5: Alex Murdaugh calls Chris Wilson. It shows forty-two seconds long. That's based off his CDRs because it's not in any of his phone extractions or right. call logs. Connection time as well. It does.
3: Moving on to page twenty-four, we have a map. Tell the jury quickly what this map reflects.
5: It's going to be Alex Murdaugh. Um, location map from Verizon. It's going to show at 9:12:14 what tower and what sector it's pinning off of and then at 9 18, what tower it's pinning off of. The red dot is going to be Moselle. Green one is going to be the Almeida property.
3: Moving on to the next map. Is that similar information of the defendant's trip from Moselle to Almeida
5: It's similar. It's just going to show you the coverage areas for each um, tower.
3: And then on page 26, what does this map reflect? This is going to be Verizon records
5: for CB Rowe, far right, the um, little red dot that's going to be Moselle. blue dot is going to be CB Rowe's um, home in Brunson. This is just showing the the cell tower data at the time frame of 9:14, 9:20, 920, and 9:21. And in 11:37 p.m. This is um, close to Fairfax, just for reference.
3: He's pinging. In the arc near his home over here in Fairfax, is that right?
5: That is correct. The home's where's gonna Moselle? The, Moselle's is going to be that red, that red dot to the right. At nine eighteen forty-six,
3: what if any activity is reflected on the defendant's phone?
5: At nine eighteen forty-six, Alex Murdoch calls John Marvin Murdoch. It shows one hundred and six seconds, and that's that's from his CDR since it's not on either phone extraction call log.
2: All
3: right, we're on page 26 now. Tell the jury quickly what this map reflects.
5: There's also going to be Verizon records from Alex Murdoch's phone plotted. It's showing starting at uh, 620.34 all the way to 946.35. It's showing um, from the cell tower in the sector of Almeida. You said 624 or 920? I'm
3: sorry, 920.34. So roughly 20-minute period at Ruff, Almeda.
5: Roughly 20 minutes, correct.
3: Moving over to page 27, what is this, map?
5: This is just going to be a zoomed-in picture from the previous one, um, just showing the same time frame, just showing a little bit more zoomed in from the cell tower in proximity to uh, Almeida.
3: At 920.34, what if anything happens on the defendant's phone?
5: At this time, uh, Chris Wilson calls Alex at 920.34, it shows for 131 seconds, and it we got this data from his CDR since it does not show on his either one of his extractions. And during that time, Claude CB Rowe at nine twenty one thirty six calls, but
3: Alex does not answer it. And again, his phone was pinging back at his house in Fairfax at that time period. Correct. That is correct. We see the uh, blue and green box. Tell the jury what's happening with
5: Alex's suburban at this point. So at 21:22, which that's military time, is going to be 9:22. Green is going to show um, vehicle movement, and blue is going to show um, transmission shifting.
3: And so uh, is that data. consistent with the OnStar data at 9:22:49 of him arriving in Alameda? It is. And on page 28, is that that data point that you just referenced? That is correct, Nine twenty two thirty nine. Starting about 922, does Alex's phone reflect any step activities?
5: It does, Nine twenty two thirty nine to 932 showing approximately 195 steps taken on his
3: phone. At nine twenty four thirteen, what, if anything, does the defendant's phone reflect?
5: He calls um, Libby Murda, which would be his mom, shows 20 seconds long. That's from a CDRs because it's not on either phone instruction.
3: And that would be the landline line, the land at Alameda? That's correct. After that, is there another missed call from Rogan, Paul?
5: There is at 9.26.06 p.m.
3: And then at 9.31.44, is that the first backlight activity on Maggie's phone since that time period you touched about earlier, about 9.07? That is correct. At 9.34, around that same time, is there any communication on Maggie's phone around the time of that backlight activity?
5: There is at 14. Rogan Gibson sends an i-message to Maggie Murdoch saying, tell me to, tell Paul to call me. And that shows unread. Never read? Never read.
3: <laughs> Do we also have backlight activity? Associated with a missed call to Maggie's phone. We do at 934.20. Up here at 934 to 936.20, it says Maggie, My- Maggie Murdoch's iPhone backlight. Is that backlight off? That's going to be backlight off. Just the off is missing from the words? That is correct. 935 to 945, 10-minute period. Is there any activity on Alex's phone?
5: It's showing approximately 60 steps taken on his phone during that time frame. And also, as you see on the right-hand side, Paul and Maggie's phones are locked. It's referenced with the lines and the color coordination on the right-hand side.
3: And those lines have been continuing through the past few pages? They've been pages. continuing, correct. We have some uh, some. Orange and purple boxes. Quickly tell the jury what those are. So the orange color
5: is going to be that system startup from previous testimony from Falkowski. And then the pink is going to be um, engine running propulsion. All
3: right. And is there another missed call from Rogan Paul?
5: There is at 942.17. There's a, uh, a missed call. And then we have Alex's Suburban showing a device connection at 942.49, which is consistent with the data, All right, telemetry.
3: So Urban's leaving meter around this time?
5: That is correct, 943.18. We show it starting at two miles an hour.
3: we have some additional telemetry consistent with him leaving? We do. Is there uh, any activity on Maggie's phone at this point? So at 944.04
5: to 945.04, um, it shows that her backlight was
3: off. And is there a missed call associated with that backlight activity or around the same time?
5: Uh, yes, Maggie Murdoch received a call from, it's gonna show as PA in the phone extraction, which is it's Alex's number, and it shows missed.
3: And was that call missing from Alex's phone extraction? It was, it was missing from both phone extractions. Going down to 94635, what if any activity do you see?
5: Uh, it shows that Alex Murdoch called Paul Murdoch, it shows 18 seconds long. That's with the connection time. And um, that is based off of Alex's CDRs. It does not show in um, either extractions. 9.47.23,
3: what, what do we see, if anything?
5: Alex sends an iMessage to Maggie stating, call me, babe. And that shows unread in Maggie Murdoch's extraction.
3: Do we see some backlight activity around the time of that text message, that unread text message?
5: We do. A couple seconds.
3: we have a map here? Just generally, what does this reflect?
5: We do. This is going to reflect the coverage area of um, the cell tower between um, Moselle and Almeida. And this is uh, whose phone? This is going to be Alex Murdaugh's phone. This is going to be his um, Verizon records, not location data for phone.
3: Moving towards the direction of Moselle? That is correct. Additional maps consistent with that as testified to by Matt Wilde?
5: That is correct. The showing coverage area. At 9.52.15, <laughs>
3: what would be the activity of the phone? So at
5: 9.52.15, Alex Murda, um sends an iMessage to Chris Wilson saying, call me if up.
3: Just around the time where he's running 80 miles an hour?
5: That's correct. 9.51.43, is when we have the 80.16 mile per hour.
3: Moving over to the next page, is there any further activity?
5: Um, Alex ends up receiving a call from Chris Wilson at 9.52.59, shows 42 seconds long with connection, that is also not on either extraction. And at 9.53.55, he receives another call from Chris Wilson, shows 123 seconds. And um, that is on his CDRs but not on either phone extraction.
3: And then from at about nine fifty-six fifty-seven, what if any activity do you see on Alex's phone? So from nine
5: fifty-six fifty-seven to ten oh six fifty-seven, um, it shows that Alex Murdoch traveled two hundred and thirty-one, approximately two hundred and thirty-one steps traveled during that time.
3: Starting at what time?
5: Nine fifty-six fifty-seven to ten oh six fifty-seven.
3: Remind the jury what time the 911 call was. It was 10.06.14. At 9.57 and 9.58, what activities reflected on Paul's message? So, Rogan
5: Gibson calls Paul Murdaugh, shows four seconds, um, and that's based off of CDRs. And then at 9.58.35, uh, Rogan sends a text message to Paul stating, Yo.
3: And that hits Paul's phone.
5: That is correct. It shows shows unread from his phone extraction.
1: Calling all lovers of mystery. Prepare to don your detective hat in June's Journey, a free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits.
3: We have a bunch of green and blue boxes. Uh, Is this more
1: telemetry data uh,
3: from the Suburban?
5: This is, the green's gonna represent drives and blue is gonna represent um, some kind of gear shifting with the vehicle.
3: Well, the GM OnStar data reflects what about 10 on the dot
5: it reflects him pulling into the driveway at 4147 moselle road
3: the main entrance and where did the suburban go first
5: uh suburban went uh directly to the the house bottom left
3: it didn't go to the kennels first it went to the house first that is correct and what time does it arrive at the house or what time, right there in that map? That's what the map at the top that's uh,
5: what the time that it pulls into the driveway.
3: I'm sorry, one second. At 10.03.36 p.m., uh, is there's two entries around that time. Can you tell the jury what any activity you see as it relates to Maggie's phone?
5: So Alex Murdoch calls Maggie Murdoch's phone at 10.03.58, and um, backlight is on associated with that.
3: And then starting about 10.04.08, what don't we see what's time period?
5: So from 10.04.08 to 10.46.40, um, there is... A, a gap in activity. I don't see any activity on Maggie's phone at all through the Knowledge C database.
3: At 10:05:06. What, if anything, does the data reflect?
5: Uh, it reflects um, Alex's suburban leaving the main house based
3: on the GM data. Going over to page 35. Is this one of your cast maps? Yes, it is. It's uh,
5: 10:05:06, and it's showing uh, the time. The Suburban starts to leave down to the
3: kennels. And going to the next map, what time is that? Next
5: map's going to be 10.05.57. That's, that's the arrival time at the kennels.
3: According to that GPS location, Dad?
5: Yes, sir, by, From GM and OnStar.
3: What's that time again?
5: It's going to be 10.05.57.
3: Down at the bottom of the page, what time is the nine hundred and eleven call? Ten oh
5: six fourteen.
3: How many seconds of that from the time that the suburban arrives at the kennels and he calls nine hundred and eleven? Roughly twenty seconds. Twenty seconds. That's correct. Do you recall the defendant's? Statements to law enforcement shortly after the crime that he went over and checked the bodies and that sort of thing? I do. What, if anything, in his statements to law enforcement did the defendant say about what he did when he arrived at the scene?
5: The defendant stated that he um, went and checked on Paul and Meg and checked the bodies.
3: And from the moment... Suburban arrived at the Kennels, how long did it take for that nine one one call to be made? Less than twenty seconds. <laughs> Another call from Rogan to Paul that never be answered.
5: That is correct. Ten oh eight twenty-seven, never answered. At 10 11, what happens? This is when uh, Alex Murdoch was on the 911 call, stated he was going to go get a gun. This was at uh, 10 11 54. This is when the Suburban is showing leaving the kennels.
3: And down at the bottom of page 36, we see another map. What does that reflect? That's going to be 10 13,
5: and on the next page, it's going to show the map. That's when um, it, his suburban left the main house, going back to the kennels.
3: And what time does the location data reflect that the suburban arrived back at kennels?
5: 10:14:30 is when it's going to reflect driving back to the kennels, or approximately. This is when he's coming into
3: the the view of the kennels. And then, what time does the 911 call in? So the one call is gonna end at 1017.
5: And then the step data is what the 101637 PM is referring to. That's gonna be when his step data ended. So Believe it was five hundred and ninety-four steps taken.
3: After the 9-1-1 call, does the defendant's phone reflect any activity? It
5: does, it shows him uh, calling Randy Murdaugh, shows 16 seconds long with the connectivity <coughs> time. And that's based off his CDRs, it was not found on either extraction. Then also we have a 1018 where he's um, sending a text message to Randy saying please, please call me emergency.
3: Is there a step activity around this time on Alex's phone?
5: There is 1018.53 to 1028.05. We're showing approximately 525 steps taken during that time frame.
3: And does Paul's backlight come on again at 1018?
5: It does. 1018.08 to 1018.20. We're showing backlight. Was that after the 911 call had
3: ended?
5: No. I'm sorry, yes. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So 1017 is when the 911 call ended. And this would have been at 1018.08. So this would have been right
3: after. The last text that hit Paul's phone was from whom? Uh, Rogan Gibson. I believe it said, Yo. Paul's phone's still hidden, of course, at the Kennel location? That is
5: correct. This is <laughs> going to be off of his iPhone location data.
3: Where was Paul's phone found again, according to your knowledge of the investigation?
5: It was found on um, Paul's rear end,
3: facing up. Top of page 39 we have a map. What does that reflect?
5: This is going to reflect um, Verizon records for Alex Murdoch starting at 1019 all the way to 1118 and it's just showing the uh, the sector it was pinning off of and that's in the area of Moselle Road.
3: All right and we have a range of times there from the 10-ish hour to the 11-ish hour p.m with Alex being there. That's correct. Does Alex's phone reflect a couple of calls that were not on his extraction, but in the CDRs? It does. To, to what people?
5: It's going to be to Randy Murdaugh, John Marvin, and then um, Rogan Gibson, and at then 10, Christy.
3: At 10 what,
5: if any, activity does Paul's phone reflect? So Paul's phone shows a display on-screen auto-lock. It, it, it's been locked. It's just documenting an auto-lock.
3: Display on, auto lock? hmm And now, auto lock can be consistent with what, according to your understanding?
5: According to the, my understanding is that auto lock could be, um, it doesn't recognize, like, a face, so automatically locks, or it could be um, just hitting, like, on the iPhone, the power button on the side.
3: And what was the last text that hit Paul's phone again? Who was it from?
5: Rogan Gibson.
3: And what does the defendant do just seconds later?
5: He calls Rogan Gibson. Was
3: that on the Dillon Hightower extraction?
5: It, it was not on the Dillon Hightower extraction or the second one.
3: You mentioned before that there was a group text about Mr. Randolph's health. And the de- when did the defendant finally read that text?
5: On um, the following day. So that would be June 8th, 2021.
3: At 10 was there a text that the defendant read?
5: Uh, there was 10:22:09. He received a group text message from Michael Gunn and a few people um, saying she brought the heat from Miami, boys, and it was read the same night at 10:38:42 p.m. and the associated picture is below.
3: 10:24 and the 10:25 hours. What, if anything, does the uh, defendant's re- phone reflect?
5: Um, Alex tries to call Rogan, and then um, he sends an iMessage stating "call me." And then he um, attempts to do a FaceTime, and this is going to be the first the first log that we see on his phone records is going to be um, this FaceTime call with Rogan on his
3: extraction for the day of June seventh, two thousand twenty-one. Multiple attempts to contact Rogan. That's correct. At what time does law enforcement arrive
5: on the scene? Approximately 10.25 is when the first deputy arrived on scene. 10.25?
3: That's correct. We see step activity around this time on Alex's phone?
5: We do. So we had um, a group of step activity end at 10.28.54, and then we had a new group start at 10.28.54 that goes to 10.37.27. It's showing 320 steps traveled approximately.
3: And Does the defendant's phone reflect any phone activity
5: after that? It reflects at ten twenty nine seventeen a call to Randy. That shows answered forty two seconds long. That's also not on the extraction. And then a Facetime with Rogan at ten thirty thirty one. That does show on the extraction. That was
3: attempted Facetime. That's correct. I believe in previous testimony,
5: Rogan said he was asleep during the time.
3: Moving on to page 41. This is
5: going to be a Paul Murdoch Verizon records. This is just going to show the um, cell, t- the, the, the tower, and then just the location. And you can see Moselle Road within it. This is a 1034 time period.
3: Is there a display on activity on Paul's phone? But also, in I a- Phone call from Nolan Tutin around that time?
5: That is correct. Correct. Around 1034, it's showing uh, display on and then a Nolan Tutin phone call.
3: And then finally, what time does Paul's phone finally die?
5: Paul's phone finally dies at 1034, 24 p.m. on June 7th, 2021.
3: Almost two hours after the criminal video?
5: That is correct.
4: Okay, so what did you make of all of that? I'm curious, what jumped out at you? I'm going to share with you some of the key things for me. Firstly, at 9.03pm, mary Ann Rogan Gibson's girlfriend, tried to call Paul with no success. This underlines to me that Paul was most likely dead by then. Then Maggie's backlight on her phone is on and Murdoch calls her. But this call is seen as a missed call on Maggie's phone, but it's missing on the call data from Murdoch's phone. It's really damning for me that calls are missing from Murdoch's phone, yet they're seen on the Verizon log, the log that he's not able to control or interfere with. Also, the orientation change on Maggie's phone shows it's most likely on the move, and if it were in Maggie's hands, it would have unlocked. So again, that tells me Maggie was dead by this time, and almost simultaneously, we know that Murdoch's Suburban is on the move. His phone has connected with his car at 9.06pm and 53 seconds. Then from 9.07pm to 9.31pm and 44 seconds, Maggie's phone backlight is off and at 9.07pm and 6 seconds, Murdoch Suburban leaves Mazel for Armida. Murdoch's phone calls Maggie's phone twice, yet rather than turning right to the kennels, he drives on past it. He then texts Maggie going to check on M, be right back. But he was right there at the kennels. Why text? Now, he could have popped to the kennels for a few minutes to check in with Maggie and let Maggie and Paul know that he was going to Almeida. But he did not do that, nor did he call Paul's phone. For me, that's damning, and again more so when you go to Moselle and see it all for yourself. Also, he wasn't able to raise Maggie by the phone Why wasn't he concerned about that? That's significant, and it makes no sense. Those calls and texts take time. It would have made more sense to let her know in person. Well, unless, of course, he already knows what's happened, and this is a conscious alibi that he's creating. Going back to the phones at 9.31pm and 44 seconds, the backlight is back on on Maggie's phone. Rogan sent her an iMessage saying, Tell Paul to call me but it was never read. At 9.42pm and 49 seconds, Murdoch is back in the car and leaving Almeda. At 9.45pm, Maggie's phone receives another call from Murdoch's phone. This call was missing from both his data extractions. At 9.46pm and 35 seconds, Murdoch finally calls Paul's phone. He's been unable to get hold of Maggie and he claims he didn't know where Paul was, Yet this is the first time he tries to call him. At nine forty-seven p.m. and twenty-three seconds, he i-messages Maggie, "Call me, babe." At nine fifty-two p.m. and fifteen seconds, he i-messages Chris Wilson, "Call me if up." And at this point in time, he's traveling at around eighty miles per hour in the dark on the country roads. Eighty miles per hour. Now I don't care how well you know the roads. That's crazy. In the dark, on not great roads and no lights. Why was he speeding like this? And his texting too. What's so urgent? At 9.56pm and 57 seconds to 10.06pm and 57 seconds, Murdoch travels 231 steps. So that's still not up to his 70 steps per minute, but he's pacing around. At 10.06pm and 14 seconds, he calls 911. At 10.03pm and 58 seconds, Murdoch's phone calls Maggie's phone again. Interestingly, when Murdoch arrives back at Moselle, he drives a Suburban straight to the house and doesn't stop at the kennels. Why would he do this? Why would he do this if he really wanted to speak with Maggie? An hour passed and he still didn't connect with her. Why isn't he worried about that? There's no check-in text. That's another omission for me. At 10.05 p.m. and 6 seconds, the Suburban left the house and drove to the kennels. At 10.05 p.m. and 57 seconds, he arrives at the kennels and he travels 594 steps from 10.06 p.m. and 57 seconds to 10.16 p.m. and 37 seconds. So I was right about the 911 call. He was moving about. So he has 19 to 20 seconds to get out of the car, call 911, and check the pulses of both Maggie and Paul. Now, I think he did check the bodies, but I think he checked them for their phones. Now, Paul's phone wasn't covered in blood or water or anything else for that matter, which it would have been if it did indeed pop out his pocket as Murdoch described. Paul's phone pings with a text from Rogan Gibson, and within seconds, Murdoch calls Rogan Gibson. Coincidence? He then makes a whole load of calls, which to me is highly unusual, given the fact that he's just found Paul and Maggie with their brains blown out. And at this point, he still hasn't read or replied to group texts about Randolph, his father, who's really ill. But he does take time to read and look at pictures of women from Michael Garn on a group text. Murdoch then continues to call, text and try and FaceTime with Rogan Gibson. And like I said, Rogan, not Buster. He didn't call his surviving son Buster until 10.44pm, with the call lasting just eight seconds. Now, I've talked about that before, but what I didn't talk about was that bizarrely at 10.40pm just before calling Buster, and 34 minutes after calling 911, and 15 minutes after the first deputy arrives on the scene, Murdoch searched Whaley's Adisto on his Safari browser. Whaley's is a local restaurant. It's all very strange, but we have to consider that across this time, he wasn't reading and replying to family messages about his father, when he would later tell law enforcement that he was the caring, dutiful son. That's what Murdoch said, but for me, the data tells its own compelling story. And it's a story that cannot be disputed. Creighton Waters argued at court that Murdoch tried to manufacture an alibi by going to Almeida and making all of these calls. He also tried to delete calls off his phone, and I believe he took Maggie's phone with him. And he did think about Paul's phone, but he didn't have enough time to think it through and deal with absolutely everything. Thank goodness for Paul, and for his videos, and for posting on social media. Murdoch Suburban was tracked from Moselle to Almeida along more than 4,000 data points. Take a listen to this.
3: All right, is this uh, the uh, 524 exhibit we just put into evidence? That is correct. All right, and uh, that's your name up there and it's got the CAS program and everything, is that right? That is correct. All right, moving on to this next slide, and can you see all right up there? I can. All right, if uh, your little screen becomes hard to see, just let me know and we can have you come down here uh, and uh, look at the big one. All right, Uh, what's up on this slide? Tell us what this represents to the jury.
5: What you're going to see up on the slide is going to be three file names that we received from GM. These are all three Excel files. This is what they were labeled to us from GM.
3: And what does this slide look like?
5: This is an overview. You're, uh, do you mind if I step down?
3: Yeah. No.
5: Out? This is going to be an overview slide here. <laughs> Top point is going to be Moselle, the Moselle House property. Bottom left, we're gonna have Hampton. Far right is gonna be Almeda. There are 4,820 uh, four, yeah, 4, data points that make up these lines here. When you zoom in in uh, a couple more slides, you're gonna see the individual dots. This just is kind of like an overlay of all of those dots. Right. But just for reference, that's that's where we're at in the map.
3: And just very quickly tell the jury when you, when we're talking about these dots, is that what the cast report did? Uh, is plot the dots based on the data provided by GM OnStar? That is correct. Each dot is going to represent a latitude and longitude. Did you have to manually enter in all 4,820, or how does that work? I did
5: not. Um, the nice thing about the cast system is it takes the cell, you put it all in a cell spreadsheet, and it does all that for you. Kind of like Google Earth would do in comparison. Right.
3: All right, this next slide, what is that? This is the
5: same slide, it's just showing on a different, um, the last one was like a Google Earth kind of view photo. This is just a regular like map photo. It kind of just says, you know, the location's a little bit easier to read. You got Hampton, Almeda, then you can see Islandton. All
3: right, go on to this slide. Is this just a, a general representation where you can see some of the individual dots? This is, this is gonna be the general
5: overview of Moselle. Each little dot is gonna either have a single set of data points or multiple set of data points and this is for the whole day, this is not just for a certain time period, this is gonna be for the whole day of June 7th, 2021.
3: All right, and then again, generally what does this represent?
5: This, this is gonna represent in Hampton um, around the law firm, um, each dot is either a single set of data points or multiple set of data points. It's just kinda of a zoomed in photo from what we saw previously.
3: And that's the uh, defendant's former law firm? That is correct. All right, and what does this represent?
5: This is gonna be the Almeda property that's been referred to previously. And this is just showing an overview of all the dots for that day.
3: All right, we're about to get in some uh, slides that have very specific references to dots. And just generally, what, what are you about to go through with the jury as the specific data points that you're about to relate to them?
5: So for this presentation, we're going to go through all the different drives that occurred that day. You're going to have a data point in a slide that's going to show you the beginning, a couple slides during the drive, and then at the end. And we're going to have a couple different drives that we'll be walking through.
4: Murdoch's every move was tracked across the day and across the night. As a killer, you cannot control everything, even if you believe you have thought of everything. There are a lot of factors at play and a lot of moving parts. Even though Murdoch had a law background and had tried a handful of cases, technology changes so much. And I bet even he was surprised by what he learned through the trial process. And I know many of law enforcement who do the job every day were surprised by what they learned at this trial. I think many other people were too. And the timeline and the data and Murdoch's behaviour is what I pay close attention to. And given the way that it was presented so well at court, I believe the jury really paid attention to it too. It was so incredibly compelling and showed that no one else could have killed Maggie and Paul other than Alec Murdoch. Like I said, the question that so many people have bumped on and struggled with was why, and how could he do that to his son and Maggie. And I'm going to keep adding Maggie in here. And here's a gentle reminder to that little voice in your head that thinks it's shocking about just him killing his son. Well, Maggie's really important in this too. And next week, I'm going to get into the why, the motive. And I'm going to detail the macro timeline, the big picture stuff. And we have to go back to 1983 and a man called Barrett Boulware, who Murdoch bought properties with, who purchased Moselle in 2000 and sold it to Murdoch for just $5 in 2013. It was later transferred into Maggie's name for just $5 in 2016. That's right, $5 for a property valued at 730000 Maggie's will is interesting too. Her will originally stated everything would go to her sister Marion. However, that had been crossed out and changed to Randolph Murdoch with instruction that in the event of Maggie's death, everything would go to Alec. And that's not the half of it. Join me next week when I'll get into all of it. Until then, be curious, ask questions... And always trust your instincts. Here's my final thought and ask before the episode wraps. I really appreciate you listening to Crime Analyst. And if you like what I do, please take two minutes to leave a five-star review wherever you listen to me. It really helps others find me and my work, and it helps with the ratings too. Crime Analyst is written, produced, and hosted by me, Laura Richards. Sound engineering by Jason Sheesley at Abridged Audio. Cover art and graphics by Chris Rowbottom at Syndicate, and music by Kilrood.